Welcome to RVR's Life After Camp podcast. Learn about the camp and retreat ministries of RVR at rivervalleyranch.com. Enjoy. So uh, this is my first time to see and experience what we all just did together. And um, it is a beautiful thing. All the individual little tiles of struggle and failure and ashes when, uh, when God shows us the big picture of his purposes and designs, it really is something beautiful. We've been reading this week Isaiah chapter 61, verses 1 through 4. We've been studying that. That's where we get our theme from. And we're going to finish it off tonight with a beautiful reminder. And this is, this is the seeds that we want to send you off with away from this camp. Because not every day of your life, not every week of your life is a camp week. But every day of your life is an opportunity to display the glory and splendor of what God has done for you and through you and in your life. Through his son Jesus Christ. This is Isaiah 61 verses 1 through 4. It says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord, we talked about God on our first night, is on me. Because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, to those who are slaves, to their sin and to their failures. And to release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who are mourning, meaning they've lost something. Remember Jesus taught us, not all death is physical, but not all death is final. And provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty, beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. And then they, those who have been transformed by this great news, by this life-changing truth and message, those who have been transformed, they will be called oaks of righteousness, strong, stable trees that can endure great storms and winds and struggles. A planning of the Lord for, and this is what we just focus on in our last few minutes tonight, for the display of his splendor. You know what all this brokenness is for? All these individual tiles that you wrote words and thoughts and experiences and hurts and burdens and sorrows and griefs and despairs. You know what all this is for? This is so that God can collect them and lay them on the glorious son, Jesus Christ. And he would bear them for us and then in return give us joy and gladness and life again. So that these things... They might describe our experience, but they don't define who we are. So that this, these little tiles will never define you as a person, but he, as a savior, will define what he has made you to be. You are a display of the glory of God. You are a display of his greatness and power through the brokenness of this world. Did you know um, that the moon is what? What is the moon? What is it made up of? It is a? Not cheese. Right, right, right. There's some, uh, there's old cartoons that'll throw at you cheese, but that's actually not the case. Somebody said it right up here. The moon is a? Rock. And it's covered with what? What is it covered with? Craters. Yes. Dust. Dust. Who said dust? 
It is a great big rock covered with dust. That's what it is. If you took the moon and isolated it in space somewhere and we'd put a telescope on it, you would not see it. It would look like complete darkness. It has no source of light in and of itself. It is just a ball of rock and dust. But the beautiful thing about the moon is almost every single night of the month and a couple of nights of the month, we see it with brilliance and beauty and it appears to be in the night sky glowing, right? It appears to be a source of light when in actuality, the moon is not any light at all whatsoever. In fact, the moon poorly reflects things off of it. You know, like a mirror reflects things really well. Glass reflects things really well. There's certain things that reflect light extremely well, and when it reflects off of it, you can see the light almost as brilliant as the source of light itself. But the moon is not like that. The moon at its very best, when the moon is doing its very best job, it reflects only, does anybody know what percent of the sun's light? 12%. 12%. Meaning... <clears throat> If the sun were as bright as day and it reflected straight off the moon, the moon would display about 12% of the brightness of the sun. Without the sun, the moon would be a dead black hole. It would be nothing. You wouldn't see it. But with the sun, the moon reflects a glow of light and beauty that all of us can see. But here's the key, okay? There are certain nights in the month and certain times over the course of history where the moon is completely shielded from the sun's light. And, and between us and the moon and the sun, this is called an eclipse, we can't see the moon whatsoever. But at certain times, we can see the moon with all 12% beautifully displayed in the night sky. And it all depends upon this, where the moon has positioned itself according to the sun. And here's the thought I want to offer you tonight as we finish up our time. If you want to display the glory and splendor of God through your life, take all of this brokenness, collect it all up, and give it back to our Savior Jesus. And in return, he makes something beautiful out of the ashes and heartache of our life. If you want to display it, you have to be in the right position. Here's the big idea. To reflect God's light, you must align yourself with God's truth. If you want to be a reflection of the light of God, you must align yourself with God's truth. Did you know that in the Gospel of John, Jesus says at least seven different statements of what he is. He's explaining and describing himself. And one of them that he speaks of, he says that I am the, does anybody know? Say it. The light of the world. I'm the light of the world. The way that the world understands and sees any truth is me, Jesus was saying, as a source. But then he says something very interesting in Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 and 16. This is Jesus talking, and he's talking to us. By the Holy Spirit of God, he's speaking to us. And here's what he says. You are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. In other words, if in the right spot, if a city is set way up high, it cannot be hidden. It is seen with all the brilliance of the light and splendor that is in that city. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to the whole house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works, see what God is doing in and through you, and because of it, they will glorify God. 
Jesus said, I'm the light of the world, but then later on, he said, you're the light of the world. You know why? Because he was working with the imagery of this. He is the source of that light. And his light and glory is reflecting off of your life so that others can see it. That is your purpose. Just like the the end of Isaiah 61, verse 4 says, you are to display, to show God's beauty and glory, to show his greatness and to show how beautiful and excellent he is. You are a reflection of the beautiful and glorious light of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And you say this to me. You say, you know what? When The stuff I wrote on these tiles and the things that I know that are deep down inside of my heart, I don't feel like much of a, of a light at all. I don't feel like I'm reflecting much of anything. I feel like, if anything, I'm just reflecting more and more brokenness. Okay, you, my friend, you're in a position where you need to learn, just like Sparrow was saying to us, to give that brokenness to God and let him make something beautiful and glorious out of it. Because he will bear it in exchange. He will give you his righteousness, his glory, his beauty. Here's a couple of practical ways for you, okay? Just as we go out and, and you're getting ready to go home, I know that's one of the hardest things to do. One of the hardest things to do is the day after you go to a camp like this. If I, I've talked to many of you. I've talked to many of your counselors, and I've heard how you are stirring in your thoughts about your, your ideas and, and, and view towards God. You are thinking in a different way and perhaps in a more excellent and right way towards God than you've ever thought before. Thank God for that. That's his kindness towards you, my young friend. So if that's what's happening, one of the hardest days of your year is going to be Saturday. When you get back home and everything goes back to a normal pattern of however you used to exist before. And you're wondering, how am I going to continue to reflect God's light like the moon reflects the light of the sun? How am I going to do that in any possible way? Well, listen, it won't be easy. It won't be easy, but there are some very simple and practical thoughts I have for you, okay? Here's a few of them. Find yourself... A good church. Find a good place to worship. And if your family at this point in time doesn't take you, ask them. Ask your parents or ask whoever you live with or your guardians or your grandparents or whoever it is that is in your home, mother, your father, whoever that is, and ask them and say, I need to go and learn more about the light of God, truth in my life. Keep asking them. Don't ask them one time and then they say no and then you don't ever go. Keep, ask, keep asking them. Because you know what will happen? Your asking will be a means of grace in their heart and their minds, and they will start to think, man, I've kind of put God on a shelf somewhere, and I haven't really been participating in getting to know him, but my own child, my daughter, my son, or my granddaughter, my grandson, or whoever you are in the life of those guardians that are caring for you, they might start to think they are a means of pulling me towards the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Find a good church. Here's a couple of things about a good church, okay? A good church will teach you God's word. They will walk through the word of God, and they will explain it, help you understand it, and they will do it in such a way that's clear and it's helpful. They will, there will be people there, and there will be means and opportunities where you can serve other people. That is a good church. If there is a way for you to serve others, those in the church and those outside of the church, that's a good place. If the good news of Jesus Christ is the most important and most frequent message, you're probably in a good church, okay? Find yourself a good church. Here's a second thought for you, and these I'm just going to come in rapid fire, and then we'll close with just a quick thought. Take in the word of God. 
find a way to take in the word of God. You can read it yourself. You can ask somebody to read it to you. You can, get it, you can download the, uh, things on, online where you can listen to the Bible. You can go and listen to it at church. You can uh, ha- have someone preach the word of God to you, share it with you, but find a way to take in the word of God because God's word is like a spiritual diet to you. Have any of you ever heard of a, a documentary that was done a, com- a number of years ago? It was called Supersize Me. Raise your hand if you've ever heard of uh, the documentary called Supersize Me. Okay, good. Many of you have. So for those of you that haven't, let me fill you in a little bit, okay? There was this guy named Morgan Spurlock. He did an experiment, okay? His experiment was he was going to make a documentary of going to eat at McDonald's every meal, every day for 30 days, Okay? So multiply that out real quick. That's 90 meals at McDonald's, three times a day. And his goal was, I'm going to eat there breakfast, lunch, dinner, three times a day for 30 days straight. And he would at least eat one thing on the menu, um, excuse me, at least eat everything on the menu at least one time. And any time if they got there and they said, would you like a bigger fries? He was always like, all right, give it to me. So he always said yes if they offered to make make the size of his, his food bigger. So on average, okay, on average, he ate more than double the amount of calories that a full-grown man should eat every day. It, it actually equaled out to about over, over nine Big Macs. So it was like he was eating over nine Big Macs a day. In 30 days, Morgan gained 24 pounds. He had so much fat in his liver that his liver, almost, he almost lost his liver. It almost shut down. And he was like on death's door. His mood changed. He got depressed. He was like on on a very low, difficult place. It took him 14 months on a vegan-only diet to recover physically from just one month of eating McDonald's. All right, here's my point in saying that. If you are taking in a bunch of garbage from the world, If you are just opening up the doors of your mind and your heart and your life and saying, whatever, whatever resource wants to come and fill my mind and my heart, I'm just going to take it. Go ahead. Fill me up. Fill me up. I'm glad for it. If that's what you're doing, my friend, you are putting yourself on spiritual death's door, just like Morgan Spurlock did. And it's not a good diet for you. It is harming you. And you might think, man, if I could have ice cream Every day for every meal, I would love that. You know what? Every little, every little kid when they're five years old thinks, I want ice cream every day for every meal. And that is not good for them, is it? That's why their parents or their guardians, that's why they don't let them have it. Because for their good, they protect them to give them a balanced diet of healthy things that strengthen their body to live a long time and do amazing things. You need a spiritual diet of healthy things filling your mind and your heart. And that's why. Let me, just, let me just show you how that experiment works, okay? Because every one of you is a test subject this week. You had to put down your phones. All right? You didn't intake all the same things that you normally do. Not a lot of Netflix going on this week. Not a lot of online whatever going on this week. Not a lot of TV shows. And you talked about with friends and with these counselors, God's word. We sat here together. Even though you might have started by the... This week by saying, you know what, I got, I, I got no interest in that. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, by here we are the last night, you're actually engaged in thinking about and considering the things that God's word is saying 
to you. It is starting to influence your mind and heart. And in five short days, the diet of spiritual goodness from God is starting to make a difference in who you are. Can you see that in your mind, in your life? Can you see that? If you can, then what I'm saying to you is God can offer that to you all the time. That don't have to be just a week of camp. You can start to find ways to take in the word of God as a means of health for you. This is what it says in Psalm 119, verse 97. It says, God, how I love your law, your truth, your word. It's my meditation day and night. I'm thinking about it all the time. And if I'm not reading it, it's at least on my mind. I'm thinking about how do I use it in the way I treat other people? How do I use it to think differently? How do I use it to love others? How do I use it to talk back to you or worship? And sing back to you, God, your word is changing and influencing my life. Take in the word of God. Find a good church. Take in the word of God. Thirdly, find good spiritual leaders to help you grow. Now, I, I'm, students, if, if you allow me, I just want to pause from speaking to you, and I just want to talk to the, the, the leaders that are in here tonight. And I mean this sincerely, and I wish I had a different format to say it to you. I almost wanted to interrupt the earlier time before the students got in here, so I'll just use this opportunity now. I really enjoy observing you serve God this week, leaders. I really enjoy, yeah, that's, that's, that's worthy to, to share that with them. There is, at this place, okay, there is a genuine culture of kindness and love and spiritual nurturing like a mother and a father would be that comes from you leaders. Um, and I know that you don't feel like you're perfect. And I know you feel like uh, this is the end of a summer and you've been drained. I mean, whatever was in that pool to start with has been maybe almost drained dry. But I can tell you this. I have not observed you give, giving up or quitting on these kids because you have a, a great calling by God to pour out your life into these students for the gospel's sake. And I just want to tell you this, that you have been a major influence, I believe, on many of their lives all summer long and on my life as I just observe you. And, and, and I admire your faith and the strength and character of your faith. Now, young friends, I want to speak to you again and say this to you. There are people in this world like these men and women that you got to spend time with this week. They are, they are there. And in, some of them are in your communities by God's design and by God's grace through good churches. They are there. Try to find those people. Ask your parents to help you find those people. Look around and, and look for those churches, those people. Look for friendships. Beg God for this, okay? Start this prayer request. Say, God, I'm about to go back to school right after Labor Day in a couple weeks. And I don't know if I'm going to have 30 other people who love Jesus, but God, just help me to find one. One person that's going to run alongside of me this year as I'm trying to figure out how to chase Jesus and lay down all of my burdens to him and lift up his name and worship. Just help me find one person, God, that will come alongside of me Would do that. Find good spiritual friends to help you grow. Here's one more thought for you, okay? Whatever little tiny truth that you grasp about God's goodness towards you, tell somebody else about it. I'm not saying that you have to be the next Billy Graham. I'm not saying that they're going to invite you as one of the camp speakers next week. I'm not saying that you have to be some super Christian and be like preaching sermons to all your friends. But whatever you grasp and whatever God has done to change and transform a little part of your life and heart, man, say it to somebody. 
Don't be ashamed or afraid to tell them how great you believe the God of all creation is through his beautiful and loving son, Jesus Christ. Don't be afraid to tell them. And don't be afraid to say, well, you know what? I don't have all the answers to all the questions. Well, then don't concentrate on the things that you don't know. Tell them what you do know. And if there's things that you don't know, if there's things you're not sure what to say, say this. Say, you know what? Here's one thing I know about God. He's a lot bigger than me. And I'm still trying to figure him out and exploring who he is. Why don't, you work, why don't we do this together? Or I'll try to find the answers to what you're asking me because I don't know them yet, but I know that there are people who do, and I'm, I'm confident of this. There is an answer to the questions you have about who God is, but the most important thing is, is who his son is, Jesus Christ, to you, te- to, to me. Tell, tell someone. Let your light, you are the light of the world. Let it shine and reveal it to somebody else in this world. <clears throat> there is, um, there's a link on the website of camp that, uh, of, of RVR's website for camp that I think is one of the most valuable commodities that I'm not sure if any of you will know about unless we continue to push this into your mind. So let me say this to you. Life after camp. Say that after me. How many of you have heard of that? Okay, good. A couple of you. Now all of you have heard of it. It's called Life After Camp. Say it again. You go right on the website uh, of RVR, okay? Life After Camp. Thank you very much for that, guys. You find this, and they are going to give you, listen, the, these, these counselors can't go home with you. I can't, I can't go to your neighborhood with you, but they can send resources with you that can help you strengthen the newfound light that is just now starting to glow in your heart for Jesus Christ. On that site, you can find at least double digits in resources online where you can learn to read the Bible, study it, and understand it a little bit. Because if you like open up these pages and you go, God, this is confusing to me, there are no less than 10 resources on there online that can start to help you comprehend God's word. There's another section that says find a church. There are almost 60 churches that they talk about all over this greater area of, uh, of Maryland and some even in Pennsylvania. How many of y'all live in Pennsylvania? That's where I'm from. It's a beautiful state. God's country. Go Eagles. All right? So there are churches that they will describe and explain to you addresses all over that area, scattered all over a map that undoubtedly and, and God willing, you live somewhere close to that. Use that resource, my young friend. Use it and attach yourself to a place that's going to help the little glowing light of your life become a blazing flame for the glory of God. You are a display of God's splendor. You can reveal and show the glowing beauty of God's grace through all your brokenness and all of your ashes. God can make beautiful, beautiful things. I believe that. Do you believe that? I hope you do. I hope you'll consider that. Thanks for, uh, thanks for letting me share with you this week. Thanks for the thoughtful and kind attentiveness that you would give to God's word and, and to our few minutes together. Why don't we just uh, bow and ask God to, uh, to help us with these things, okay? Lord God, in all that we have lost, you have regained through your son Jesus. Everything that we, in every, in every way, and everything that we have failed in, your son Jesus has succeeded. 
We lay ourselves down before him, calling him master and Lord, his rightful place. Lord, help us in all the midst of our brokenness and struggle. Help us to display how beautiful and glorious your grace and kindness is to make something beautiful out of something so broken. That's my story, God. That is each of our stories. By your grace, Father, you have made us whole. We praise you for that. Thank you for the moments that we've had together to consider these things. Thank you for this great week of camp, for these outstanding young men and women who have been pouring into the lives of these students this week, these leaders and counselors. Lord, bless them for their labor. Thank you, Father, that like 1 Thessalonians says, that they have lived a life that is worthy of the gospel as they've shared it with these young students. Lord, strengthen their hearts and minds and affirm their faith even as they have poured it into the lives of these other students. And all of this, God, may you be glorified. That's what we're here for, to display your glory. You deserve it. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Life After Camp episode. Discover all of the year-round adventures at RVR and find out how you can support our ministry at rivervalleyranch.com. Thanks.